James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the person who does not give up when tests come. After the test is over, they will receive the crown of life. God has promised this to those who love Him. A different translation says this, blessed are those who endure when they are tested. When they pass the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. Another translation, James chapter 1, verse 12 in the message says, anyone who meets a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out will be well developed in endurance. For those who are loyally in love with God, their reward is eternal life. Notice it's talking about tests. And notice that it says after the test is over, they will receive a crown of life. Good news tonight, tests are coming. Even better news tonight, whole life will be a test. Oh, we like tests for a moment. We like some tests, but we don't like to be tested all our life. But if you read James correctly, all of our life on earth, we will face tests. And I'm gonna to talk to you tonight about the tests that you need to overcome. Is that okay? Life is full of tests, and I know you don't like to hear it, but God has no problem with tests. Temptation is what we want, but testing is what God uses. And I wanna give you just some things that you're gonna to have to be aware of. You probably already are, but I need you to understand, they never go away. These tests never go away. Are you ready for it? The first one, there's not an order on importance, it's just the way it's coming out. The first one you have to understand is, if you're gonna pass the test, you're gonna to need to pass the test of small things. Can you pass the test of small things? Tidying your room. Making your bed. A small thing doesn't seem like a big thing, but let me tell you what God does with small things. He wants to know, can you pass the test? I don't know what small things could be for you today. A small thing could be a phone call. A small thing could be going out of your way to meet a friend. But I tell you now, life is gonna be full, filled with small things. Ah, it was just a small thing. But I tell you, if you ignore small things, you're actually hurting your future because the truth is God wants you to pass the test of small things. I never got to do this for many years. I've been a believer for over 30 years, but I didn't start speaking till I was 40. I'm 55 today, so I've been speaking like this for the last 15 years, but what did I do for all them years before? I just served, poured water, gave people drinks, put chairs out, picked up the rubbish. I just did lots of small things. But I kept serving and I served with the right attitude. But if you wanna understand how God works in our lives, understand that tests are gonna be a part of your progress and a part of your potential becoming realized. So these are, you could call them tests that will prove your potential. 
There's no doubt someone who runs 100 meters very fast has got to do a whole lot of small things. You don't just go to 100 meters and run. Well, you can, but if you really want to succeed in certain things, there's a whole lot of small things you've got to do. You might not care about that, but what I'm trying to say is, look back over your own life and ask yourself, how did you go with small things? Mum and dad asked me to do this. A friend asked me to do this. Uh, I was asked to do this at work. I was asked to do this. For me, as a young boy, I just wanted to do anything to help people. And you could call that a big thing. You could call it a small thing. At the end of the day, I know that God was still somehow working in the details. And I'll tell you now, pay attention to your children. Look at the small things that they do. And I'll tell you, there's clues all the time when it comes to what God's gonna do with your life. But let me tell you, don't give up on the test of small things. Have a joy in doing small things. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. We have a big future as a church. We have a big vision. And sometimes we only see a handful of people and you can get discouraged and go, where's everybody? Nobody wants to serve God. Oh my goodness, is this what it's all about? And God just says, hey, remember, don't despise the day of small beginnings. We're starting in Prague and Warsaw right now. It's just a handful of people, but we will not despise the day of small beginnings in Jesus' name because God rejoices in the beginnings. Amen. Second thing you've got to understand is the motivational test. What's your motivation? What's your motivation? You know, your motivation will be tested. Have you got the right motivation? What's your motivation to be on the worship team for singing, musicians? You know, I tell you what, if you've got the wrong motivation, it will take you out. It will work against you, not for you. I don't know what your motivation is for coming here. I don't know what your motivation is if you're in a relationship. But let me tell you, all motivations will be tested. So ask yourself before it gets tested, what's my motivation? If you're just using people to get something from them, that's not a good motivation. It's an unhealthy motivation. But I tell you now, if God's going to prepare you for the future, He will make sure you're tested with your motivation. And let me tell you, the greatest motivation will always come out of His love. His love for you should motivate you. The most motivated people in the world are the loved ones. Children that are loved are motivated. But unfortunately, if people don't get motivated from love, they will come up with a false sense of motivation which comes from other things like fear. You can be motivated from fear. And what I'm trying to get through to you is is that the motivation test is gonna come your way. If it hasn't already, it's gonna come there. But let me tell you, this doesn't go away. You kind of go through different levels. And I really pray you understand that because motivations are motivations for why we're serving God, why we're coming to church, why we're sharing the good news with our friends, why we're doing this job, why we're doing anything. You wanna understand the right motivation will be tested and the wrong motivation will be exposed. Number three, credibility test. I wish all of us could understand this one. Credibility, it takes years to get credibility, but you can lose it in seconds. But if you've got no credit, you know this on a financial thing, you can't take money out of an account that you've got no money in. 
Relationships are like that. You put nothing in, you're going to get nothing back. Oh, it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. If you want to take something out, you've got to put something in. Relationships are not like a bank account where you can just, you know, get into debt. You can, but you'll still pay for it. But think about credibility. Have you got any? How are you going to get credibility? Credibility at work, credibility in friendships, credibility in church, credibility with God, credibility with each other. Don't forget God works with credibility. Are you a credible person? But let me tell you, I am shocked sometimes how people who say they love Jesus and have no value for credibility. Place a high value on yourself. That means you will see credibility being a part of your life. Amen. Be a person of credit. Put credit into your life. Amen. Put something in so that there's credit in your life. Amen. And just say, God, help me to build credibility. Amen. And trustworthiness and credibility are a part of this. But let me tell you, the credibility test. Are you credible? Some people, they're never going to go further because they just have no credibility at all. You have to build credibility. It doesn't arrive. You go after something and as you continue to serve the Lord and keep the motivations right, pass the test of small things, you'll start to build credibility. When you speak, people listen. No one's going to listen to anyone who's got no credibility. You understand? Number four, the time test. Ah! How long is it going to take, Lord? Time test. Does anybody like the time test? Do it now, Lord. Do it this year, Lord. But what happens if God says, I'm going to take 10 years? Where are you going to be in 10 years? Who are you going to be in 10 years? Who are you becoming in one year? Who are you becoming in 10 years? Amen. Who do you want to be in 10 years? What do your children need in 10 years? What friend are you going to be in 10 years? These are not so much intense. They may be intense because we're not used to it. But the truth is, they're very helpful to building stature. They're very helpful for speaking to potential. They're very helpful for growing and helping building a winning mentality in God's people. You're not throwing your life away. You're spending your life well. But let me tell you, that's what potential needs, the time test. How are you over time? Are you faithful with time? Well, I'm okay for, for 10 minutes. I'm okay for one year. I'm okay for 10 months. But what about five years? Can you stay around five years? Can you be faithful for 10 minutes? Can you be faithful? See, the time test is actually something that God uses. And I don't sometimes think we like it. But I'm telling you, once you begin to see this, He did it with Joseph. He did it with Daniel. He's done it with some of the greats in the Bible. God will use the time test and He'll test all of us. And He's never late, He's never early, He's always on time. In Jesus' name, amen. So the time test. Number five, the authority test. Oh, this is a big one. The authority test. The authority test. Is God, God to you? If you love me, obey me. It's amazing how we react to authority. It's not actually about God's authority of your life. It's about representation. He needs you 
to not just have authority, but he needs you to represent him on earth. So you can't misuse your authority. A lot of people have authority and they misuse it. And if you have authority, don't use it to hurt people, use it to help people, amen. But the authority test, are you good with authority? Even if you don't like your boss, honour that they're your boss. Even if you struggle with your parents, honour that they're your parents. But you've got to get that from God first because He's the only one who can help you pass this test. Number six, the adversity test. Adversity test. No one prays for adversity. Lord, bring it on. No one wants adversity. No one wants trouble. No one wants pain. No one wants suffering. But I tell you, if you're going to serve God, adversity will turn up. Adversity is not just so much a person uh, reacting to you. Adversity is that nothing's going to come easy. And the, the best things in life don't come easy. They, they actually have got some sense of adversity to it. But let me tell you, if you really want to serve God, you're going to have to understand, pass the adversity test. We've had more adversity building a church in this city than I've ever had in my whole life. But we're still here. And by the grace of God, we'll continue to keep going. Some of you in the room tonight, you, you, you've experienced a lot of adversity, but it's made you, it's shaped you, it's put iron in your soul. Your faith has grown, not shrunk. Your, your, your prayers have got bigger, not smaller. Your love has increased and you never thought it was possible. Adversity is not what you prayed for, but somehow you allowed God to use it to enrich and strengthen your whole life and your marriage and your home and your family, amen? No one prays for adversity. But I tell you, pass the test. Because when it comes, don't crumble. But you will if you haven't settled in your heart. I know who I belong to. Here's another one for you. The offense test. This one has taken more believers out than any other test. I'm offended. How did you get offended? Well, my friend got offended and I got offended by my friend's offense. So it's secondary offense. Let me tell you how you get offended. Because orphans always are offended. Sons and daughters don't get offended because they know who they belong to. Are you easily offended? Should we have some tests? Well, I have a bracelet that says unoffendable. Let's test that. <laughs> but let me tell you, seriously, I'm asking you, are you unoffendable? The only way to proof your life from offense is the gospel. The gospel, the good news, is the only way you will become unoffendable because you know who you belong to. You can't offend me. You can have a go, but let me tell you, even if you are offended, don't let it go longer than an hour. 10 minutes at best, but don't carry the whole day and don't carry it for 10 years. You know what an offense is? It's a trap. The only image you can get in the Greek when it says this in the New Testament is the animal trap. An animal gets into a trap, a leg, a head, a part of its body, and the clamp of the trap closes. And sometimes the animal has to gnaw off its body part to be free of the trap. Very graphic and very uh, unpleasant. And sometimes traps actually cause so much damage that they bleed to death. What I'm trying to say to you is, is when a child of God gets offended, it's the trap of the enemy to take you out. Don't get offended. And if you do, fix it quickly 
by giving it to God. And I know you're all feeling like it's all intense tonight, but I'm telling you, I'm doing everything to fight for you because we just sang a song, this is the fight we will fight, amen? It's called the fight of tests. But don't be offended. Try not to be offended. And if you feel like you're getting offended, get back to the love of God because I'll tell you, you can be offense-proof, amen? Don't let offense get in there because it is a trap of the enemy. Uh, here's a couple more for you, the failure test. Just because you fail doesn't mean you're a failure. You, you're not, don't turn a failure into an identity. You're not a failure. I failed. Yeah, but that's not who you are. Just learn from mistakes. Learn from failure. We all have the ability to get it wrong. You'll learn more from failure than you will success. I've learned more from getting it wrong than I have got it right. All of us want to get it right, but what do you do when you get it wrong? And that's what I'm trying to say to you. It doesn't matter what happens, it's what you do next. The failure test. How are you with failure? You know, there is a mentality called a fixed mindset. And there is something called a growth mindset. A fixed mindset is nothing ventured, nothing lost. If I don't try, I don't lose anything. But it's actually not. You'll lose a lot by don't try anything. A fixed mindset tries to control things. A fixed mindset is very passive in its behavior. It's very controlling. It's very small, actually. So a child of God is never created to be small in their thinking. They're created to be joyous and big and open. God can take all of us and help us to get bigger in our thinking. That's why it's called potential. But let me tell you, failure, actually, if you let God be God in your life, He can turn failures into triumph. He can turn these things around, but you've got to realize it's not an identity. That's not who you are. I may fail, but it's not who I am. I'm a child of God in Jesus' name, amen. Another one that can ruin us is the success test. How are you with failure? Well, let's talk about how you are with success. My view is this, success will ruin you more than failure. When success comes your way, what do you like? Nice, kind, unpleasant, rude, arrogant. I've seen success ruin a lot of people. Let me tell you what success is. Success is just highlights who you really are. Success just highlights who you really are. So when success comes your way and you become mean to people, rude to people, obnoxious to people, condescending to people, I'm telling you, it didn't arrive. It was always there. Success brings out the worst and it can out bring out the best. Success is just a means to an end. Success is another form of failure if you believe that you created it. So be careful with success. The world has very different mechanisms for success, but God has a very different viewpoint on success. If you know Him and you know, if you know Him and, and you know who you are in Him, you're incredibly you're already successful. You belong to Him and He belongs to you. You're already positioned for success, amen. You've got it. Now from success, go change the world. Now from love, go make a difference. In other words, try to get it, you've got it. You're already successful. It's very freeing to realize you've got it. So live from that place, I've already got it. It's amazing how it will strengthen you as you give back to a broken world. And the last one, the biggest one, probably that we'll all spend the rest of our days figuring out is the Lordship test. The Lordship test. 
The Lordship test. How are you with the Lordship test? What's the Lordship test? Is Jesus your Lord? Well, I think He's my Saviour, but I'm not sure if He's my Lord. Jesus saved us, yes, but is He Lord over our lives? See, Saviour is I do all the work and you get all the benefits. I hung on the cross, not you. I laid down my life, you didn't. The nails went in my hands, not yours. The spear went in my side, not yours. I didn't turn away. The Father didn't turn away from me, uh, from you. He turned away from me. The sins of the world weren't put on you. The sins of the world were put on me. So Saviour, He's the only one who could save us. You're the one who gets all the benefits. So it's wonderful to say, thank you, Saviour. He does all the hard work, you get all the benefits. But when you move from Saviour to Lord, it's different. Put me to work, Lord. You did everything for me, now I'm ready to do everything for you. Moving from Saviour to Lord is where the world will pay attention. It's where the enemy hates it the most and it's where the church grows the strongest and it's where the child of God becomes the child of God in a profound way because Saviour doesn't threaten the enemy. He might have lost you in terms of eternity, but let me tell you, you're not a threat to His kingdom on earth because you're just enjoying Saviour and living how you want. But when you move to Lordship, you got everything. You got my sexuality, you got my finances, you got my relationships, you got everything. Whatever I've got, it is now yours. Can you see how that is so messy to the kingdom of the enemy? You got everything. What I am trying to say to you is, Move from Saviour to Lord. I'll tell you what, that's where God and that's where the power of God and that's where the Holy Spirit does things that you will never know until you move over. Saviour, I'm saved, yeah, thank God for that. But Lordship, put me to work, Lord. He's got everything. Even if you've got struggles, you still take it to the Lord. Well, I struggle with this. It's called human but you know what to do with it. You know what to say, you know where to go and you know how to give it to the Lord. And He is never slow in giving strength and help to carry you through any season of difficulty. It's not that we struggle, we do, but we know how to bring it before the Lord. But I tell you, whatever's going on, even the finances, can I honour you with this, Lord? What job do I do? What's the call of God for a job? I don't know, but what do you love to do? Well, I love doing this. Okay, great. Can you honour the Lord through that work? It's just a question. But let me tell you, the Lordship test will come again and again and again and again. He is my Lord. And let me tell you, for anyone who struggles with this language, if it's not Jesus, then someone else is your Lord. Well, I'm the Lord of my own life. Yeah, but that's the deception. You're never the Lord of your own life. Either the enemy's got you or Jesus has got you. That's the fight we're fighting. It's easy to sing it. <laughs> but now you know context. That's the fight you're fighting. You either belong to the Lord or you belong to the enemy. 
The enemy doesn't want you honoring God. You're either living in a lie or you're living in the truth. And if you don't walk in the truth daily, you will walk in deception. And only God can tell you who you really are. I want to know my authentic self. How are you ever going to know your authentic self without the creation and the creator? Well, I'm going to love myself. How are you going to love yourself without a source? Who's the source of the love that's loving you? And these are the fights that we have to fight. The enemy wants to destroy a generation. The enemy wants a generation distracted, lost, broken, needy, seeking pleasure, seeking lust, seeking whatever it is that we can try to build ourselves up in. But I'm telling you, you do it without God. Instead of building up, you destroy yourself. Self-sabotage. We annihilate ourselves. We diminish ourselves. We break ourselves into small fragments and we don't even know how to put it back together. And I'm telling you, God is the restorer. He's the only one who can bring you back to wholeness. You try to get utopia without God, it will never, ever be utopia. You know why? Because without God, it will always be flawed. It will always be blemished. It will always be broken. You can't get the Garden of Eden without God. So all I'm saying tonight is, this is the fight we fight. Pass the tests. It's the tests that prove the endurance. It's the tests that prove the faith. It's the tests that validate this yes that you've given your life to the Lord. It's the tests that say you're tested. It's the tests that prove your credibility. It's the tests that say this one belongs to the Lord. It's the tests that prove the gold. It's the tests that prove the depth. It's the tests that prove everything that God is on your life. So come on, don't play church, don't play religion. Don't play around until it's like something better coming out. No, it's Him. It's God. And let His goodness towards you keep you, sustain you, help you to keep your course in serving Him for the rest of your days. And I'll tell you, generations that come out of your life will be grateful that you were able to fight the fight in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it tonight? Anyone want to pass more tests? Anyone up for some tests? Anyone not scared of tests? Anyone gonna run to the tests?